Now, Backyard Millionaire. How to create wealth where you are with what you've got. Here's your host, Chris Story. Is the market fair? And whose fault is it anyway, this whole housing shortage? Also, why I want you to be rich and much, much more here on the Backyard Millionaire. You cannot save your way to a fortune. However, you can invest your way to wealth if you can learn to save. That is underpinning everything we talk about here on the program. Because if you cannot learn to save, well, I'll put it this way. I was talking with somebody yesterday who spent a lifetime, they spent a career in the automotive industry. And the comment, I thought it was really intriguing, is very interesting because the, the commonality and the comments made and the, the commonality of mindset, I'll put it that way, about what you can afford or what they'll let you buy in respect to a vehicle is frightening with respect to what that will do to your overall ability to invest and create wealth later. And those in the industry know it and do their best to counsel people. But at the end of the day, well, it's your call. It's my call. So I'll just share with you what I do. I buy used. And now there's a schism in our household because now look, Tiffany and I have always bought used vehicles except one exception, a couple of years ago, the offering on the Audi she picked up was so amazing. She said, said to me, I can't pass it up. And I said, mm-hmm, okay, <laughs> no problem. And, you know, it'll be a car she'll have for 10, 12 years. And, and you know, it, yeah, the offering was amazing. It was just absolutely amazing, un, unbelievably amazing. So she took advantage of that opportunity. But by and large, if you cannot learn to save, you cannot have the free capital with which to invest. And I want you to be rich. In fact, there's a book by the same title, Why We Want You to Be Rich, by Robert Kiyosaki and Donald J. Trump. This was put out in probably 20, 2013, 2014, um, maybe even a little bit earlier than that, maybe more like 2012. I'm just looking at my library show. It must be at my, it's in my home library. It's not here, but it's a great book, Why We Want You to Be Rich. Again, I, I encourage you to pick it up. Strategies throughout the whole thing. But I started thinking this morning, as I was on my run and I was thinking, why do, you know, what, if I were to offer that message, why do I want you to be rich? Why is that a burning desire? Why do I want to help 2000 people over the next two years accomplish their backyard millionaire goals and make their dream come true? Why do I want that? I mean, I'm doing my thing. You know, Tiffany and I have our investments. We have our businesses. We have our productions. We have everything that we're doing. Why do I want you to be rich? Because the starving artist is doing it wrong. In my opinion, the starving artist is doing it wrong. There needn't be privation equal to creation. And I come from an art background. And I always said to myself, I, I, or to other people, anybody who'd listen, I say, look, I'm a capitalist artist. In other words, I'm going to make what will sell. And, and that was my thing. But art as in life has value and you, the creator, deserve a rich life. In my book, The Backyard Millionaire, you'll see that the word rich actually has a lot of different meanings. And it's not a it's not a torture of the word or the fact that there's a, you know um, you know I'm not looking for elusive m mystery within this. It's simply just the idea that whatever rich means to you could be something different. For example, 
um, a rich life to one person might be inclusive of private jet. Like I got to have a private jet. If I don't have a private jet, I'm not rich. That's their rich life. Whereas your rich life might just be, look, I, I, I'm going to go fly. I'm going to take vacations, but I want to be in first class. I got to be in the first class cabin. That's, that's my definition of rich. And then there's those that are just like, I just got to get the best companion fare. I got to get the best fare. I, gotta, I don't care where you put me in the plane. I'll go down with the luggage. I'll take a jump seat. I'll go in the overhead compartment. I'll, I'll lose some weight. I'll go into the overhead compartment. Just get me to that island. Get me to the reunion. Get me to the Disney World or wherever. And that's just a way of saying, okay, what's your definition of a rich life? I hope in your definition you include family, health, adventure, and all of that, in my opinion, should be ahead of money. But money better be on your list. You better have money on your list of what a rich life is because without money or more than just enough money, you will not have access to the best health. Now, that could be health care or quality of food and living conditions to support your optimal health. There is an infinite supply of money. There is an infinite supply of opportunity. I truly believe you have a purpose. You were born on purpose and with a purpose. You have meaning or you simply wouldn't be here. So yes, I want you to be rich of money. I want you to be rich of life. I want you to be rich of love. And when you live with abundance in mind, you can let go of letting go of money. You can let go of holding and hoarding and let go of the idea that you have to cling to it, knowing it's coming back to you with return. Some of the richest people, and I tell you this with a straight face, some of the richest people I know are the most generous. And trust me, it comes back to them. And when I say generous, I don't mean wasteful. There is a huge difference between being generous and being wasteful. Whether it's a billionaire that I've worked with, people worth hundreds of millions of dollars, people worth millions of dollars, the more successful a person is, the more generous I find them to be. And it does come back to them, not wasteful again, but generous. When, when an opportunity affords them to do something for you, they're happy to do it. And that could include money or could include opportunity, could include relationships. I made the acquaintance of a, of a New York Times bestselling author who owed me nothing there's almost nothing I could have provided to him and by way of benefit other than my time and attention and my sincere intrigue in what he'd done and the work he'd done. And he's been one of the most generous people, doesn't need to be, been one of the most generous people in my life. And he's one of the most successful. Return on investment, return on friendship, all of these things are why I want you to be rich. Access to opportunities that greedy people, I promise you, greedy people do not fare the best in this world. Cling to your nickel, skimp and cut, live in a pickle, never have enough. Be generous, be given in kind, invest in your future with abundance in mind. Thank you for giving us the morning.
for listening to The Backyard Millionaire, how to create wealth where you are with what you've got. I'm Christopher Story, along with Mr. David Webb. This truly is what my mom calls the greatest show on earth. If you had missed a minute or you want to share this broadcast with a friend who didn't have an opportunity to hear it live on the radio, you can go to my website, ilovehomeralaska.com forward slash podcasts. ilovehomeralaska.com forward slash podcasts. Thank you for giving me a chance to change my fate. And while you're there, you can email me like Tracy did. I'm going to share Tracy's email with you. It's a good one. It made me stop and think before I answered. And by the way, when you email me from ilovehomeralaska.com, need not fear, it's only brought here if you and I discuss it first. So if there's something you want to email me privately or confidentially, it shall remain such. People hear me talk about an email or a text message or a conversation. And um, if I'm going to use names, I've always gotten permission first. You can just trust me on that and rest assured that there's no... <laughs> There's no, no way I'm going to bring something to this program that the, uh, the person, the, the other party in the conversation wasn't aware of. So Tracy emailed me, and I emailed her back. But, but here's her question. I want to share it with you. It, Chris, like you, I'm an optimist normally, but it's getting more difficult. And it wasn't even really a question it was, as much as it was a statement. And here's basically the text, the context of what I said or the just sort of a synopsis of what I said to Tracy is that I understand the sentiment. I really do. I understand the sentiment that it feels like in many ways, wow, things in this world have never been, I mean, what's the point of even investing? I'm, I'm, say I'm 40 years old or 45 or 50 years old and it, it really, you want me to become a backyard millionaire? Really, you want me to go out and buy four homes? Have you seen the prices, Chris? Things have never been worse. Have you seen the interest rates? Man, I mean, it's just awful. Have you seen the shortage? I mean, you know what's happening, right, Chris? I mean, you don't understand what's happening in Ukraine, right? You understand what's happening at the border. I mean, you understand what's happening all throughout politics. I mean, right? You get it, don't you, Chris? I mean, are you too aware? Are you awake? Do you have your head in the sand, buddy? What's going on here? Again, I'm synopsizing. This isn't my exact quote to Tracy, but I'm just saying I get it. I understand, but then I have a question. I put it to Tracy, and I'll, I'll ask you the same. Are you sure things are that bad? If you remove social media if you from your life, if you remove mainstream 24-7 media where it needs to bleed, it needs to be fed constantly like Seymour on the little shop of horrors that feed me. It's this constant beast that needs to be fed. If you remove that from your life and you simply look around right where you are, where and who you have in your life, are you sure things are getting that bad? Here in my hometown of Homer, we put on a picnic recently. I'm proud to say we fed over 300 people that afternoon. And not once, not once did somebody get into a fistfight over politics. Not once did somebody refuse the food we were serving. Not once was there an angry debate or hate. The live bluegrass music was appreciated by every person who arrived, who showed up, regardless or irrespective of their political stripe. You are listening to The Backyard Millionaire. Stick around. We're going to be talking about the universal law of wealth creation when we return. 
I need another extension on my mortgage payments. I understand that, Mr. Simpson, but according to our computer, your credit history is not good. It says here that you've been pre-declined for every major credit card. It also says that you once grabbed a dog by the hind legs and pushed him around like a vacuum cleaner. That was in the third grade. And well, it all goes on your permanent record. I'm sorry, but if you don't come up with that money by tomorrow, the bank is going to take your house. Well, good luck finding it, because I'm going to take the numbers off tonight. Well, we'll look for the house with no numbers. Then I'll take off the numbers on my neighbor's house. So well, then we'll look for the house next to the house with no numbers. All right, you'll get your money. <laughs> Poor old Homer. Ain't nothing but money for him. You're listening to the Backyard Millionaire, how to create wealth where you are with what you've got. Thank you for tuning in. I want to talk about the angel in the marble. There was a sculptor that wanted a particular piece of marble. He would settle for nothing but this specific piece of marble. The stone dealer kept refusing. He said, no, it's already spoken for. I've already sold that piece. You need to select another. Look at this one. Look at that one. The sculptor kept pleading with the stone dealer, and he said, I must have that piece. The stone dealer said, I don't understand. No, absolutely not. This went on for days. Finally, the sculptor said to the stone dealer, he says, don't you see? I have to have this piece because there's an angel trapped inside the stone, and I must set her free. Well, with those words, something happened in the mind of the dealer. He sold that piece of stone to the sculptor, and the most amazing angel emerged with the help of the sculptor's chisels and deft hands. Within each of us, within you, is that angel, is a purpose waiting to be discovered, waiting to be set free. So my question for you is what... What on earth is holding you back? Unleash the power within. It needn't be loud, and perhaps it's the most quiet grace in the world. And the world needs what you've got right now. Isn't it beautiful? I love, I love that thought of an angel being trapped inside of a piece of stone. What a, what a perfect metaphor for life. And the universal law of wealth creation is leverage multiplied by effort equals reward. The, the sculptor had to have the vision. He had to see the vision of that angel. But then he had to get to work. He had to apply leverage and effort together. The leverage was his ability to sculpt. But the effort is what equaled the reward. That is the universal law of creation, of wealth. There is no escaping it. No matter what you see on YouTube, no matter what you see in tabloid newspapers, there's no such thing as easy money or easy wealth. Some people make it look easy. Have you ever met somebody that almost everything they touch turns to gold and their projects constantly sell and, and are appreciated by many. Sometimes people just come out of the woodwork and say, I want to buy what you've got. And they're like, well, it wasn't for sale, but all right. Well, they've worked for that. It was not easy. And what you didn't see was the 10, 12, 20 years in the making. That's the effort. 
I'll never sell you something. I'll never promote to you easy money or easy wealth creation. It's always going to be the same. Leverage multiplied by effort will equal your reward. That's in your health, wealth, and your prosperity. pursue who it is you want to become and go to the places you want to go, I'd ask you also not to let the ghosts of your past haunt your future. Look forward in life. Learn from your past. You've made mistakes. You've overcome, and you shall, again, overcome future mistakes. But the real life, the good life, the life worth living, the life worth remembering and leaving a legacy requires that you live in the present. Those past deeds that might be haunting you, you have to forgive, you have to forget, and move on and forgive yourself first and then those that have harmed you, even if it's only in your own mind. Maybe they don't even know what they did. It's time to let go. You must let go of that. You can make right by anybody you think you've harmed. If it's too late, they're not here, they're out of your life. You think it's too late, you can make up for anything you've done in the past by simply doing good today. Live and give today in a way that will counterbalance the things maybe that are haunting or hiding in the quiet spaces of your mind. not lost on me that at once we're celebrating two different things here on the Backyard Millionaire. We're celebrating freedom of speech, mine and yours, but also we're celebrating the freedom of owning land, the freedom. Do you realize how magical that is? The freedom and the opportunity that comes with owning your own land, becoming a landlord. Owning and controlling four homes in your own backyard will ensure you will become a millionaire. You'll set up your future. And if you choose, you can set up those futures of your children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren on into the future. And all because of a, a simple document. It was created by a group of brave people that we'll be celebrating on July 4th. And the document starts out like this. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity to ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. History will record with the greatest astonishment that those who had the most to lose did the least to prevent its happening. Well, I think it's time we ask ourselves if we still know the freedoms that were intended for us by the Founding Fathers. Not too long ago, two friends of mine were talking to a Cuban refugee, a businessman who had escaped from Castro. And in the midst of his story, one of my friends turned to the other and said, we don't know how lucky we are. And the Cuban stopped and said, how lucky you are. I had some place to escape to. 
And in that sentence, he told us the entire story. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. And this idea that government is beholden to the people, that it has no other source of power except the sovereign people, is still the newest and the most unique idea in all the long history of man's relation to man. Andrew Carnegie reminds us, now he was a Scotsman, emigrated to America, became an American, became not just an American, Andrew Carnegie became the most wealthy and influential American of his time. And he said that 90% of all millionaires become so through owning real estate. So when I ask myself, why do I want you to be rich? Why do I want you to own and control four homes at least in your own backyard? Why do I want you to put health ahead of wealth, but in that order, health, wealth, and um, (laughs) prosperity. I was thinking posterity. But I want posterity and prosperity for you and your posterity, your prostate as well, gentlemen. But it's so important when you think about that, that how long has it been? It's been hundreds, it's been since our founding, the inception that you, a mere mortal, not born into a particular class, not born into a particular family, can achieve wealth beyond your wildest dreams, if you wish. And I want to talk about that a little bit later, why I love your chances of failure here in America. It's one of the things I love most about America is your opportunity to fail. I'll explain that in a little bit. Plus, is the market fair? But first, let's talk realtor versus agent. How do you know all this? What are you, some kind of real estate agent? Oh, he's a realtor. There is a difference somehow. (laughs) Yes, there is a difference somehow. In my books, The Making a Man and the Watchman, my character, he's a hero, by the way, he's a, he's a man's man, hence the name Jacob Man. he's a real estate agent. And somebody asked me recently, why did you make Jacob Man a real estate agent and not a realtor? Well, realtor is a trademarked organization. Now, I am a realtor, I belong to the realtor organization, so I am one, but I don't want to have to go and get permission, as it were to use the term realtor. It is trademarked and I don't want to, I just want to deal with it. So it's ubiquitous. When people think about a realtor, they think about an agent and vice versa, but there is a difference. Gloria Pritchett is correct. There is a difference. And here's the difference. Agents do not take this oath. Here's the oath that every single realtor you've ever met has taken. I am a realtor. I pledge myself to protect the individual rights of real estate ownership and to widen the opportunity to enjoy it. I pledge myself to be honorable and honest in all my dealings, to seek better to represent my clients and customers by building my knowledge and my competence. I pledge myself to act fairly towards all in the spirit of the golden rule, to serve my community well and through it, my country. I pledge myself to observe the code of ethics from the National Association of Realtors and conform my conduct to its lofty ideals. Now, I'm not going to go through the entirety of the ethics code, but I will give you the first five words. The first five words of our code of ethics for the Board of Realtors nationwide is, under all is the land. Lie in the 
Listening to the Backyard Millionaire, how to create wealth where you are with what you've got. I'm going to be giving away a free guide, a practical guide to your first four homes. Plus, we'll talk about is the market fair? That and more coming up. Don't go anywhere. You really can make a million bucks in your own backyard. I'm Chris Story, along with Mr. David Webb. You're listening to The Backyard Millionaire, how to create wealth where you are with what you've got. This question's been on my mind a bit. Is the market fair? Well, let's let's revisit what is fair market value. It's defined as the most you as a willing buyer are willing to pay and the least a willing seller will accept. That is fair market value. So when you ask the question or you you hear the question bantied about, is the market fair? Well, the market is you. If you're a buyer or a seller, you're 50% of the market. You know, unless there's some force or coercion involved, the market must be by definition fair. If there's no no mandate, as it were, to sell or buy, no, no power or unseen force that is coercing you to sell or buy, then it of course is fair. And then you might ask, well, what about these unseen consequences of a suppressed interest rate, for example, a government-backed loan? This obviously is going to tilt the value proposition in favor of the seller, achieving a higher and higher price as buyers are somewhat arguably subsidized in low-interest loans, allowing for prices to continue to rise and increase without the pain necessarily of a great greatly increased payment. So that payment threshold or that pain payment is brought down artificially with government intervention. So I agree. There is no such thing in this world today of an unregulated, deregulated, real fair market, but it is still fair because guess what? You as a seller or you as a buyer are still representative of 50% of the market. You still you still are. Now, is this scenario that I just described, is that much different than what's happened to colleges? I mean, is that market fair? I mean, truly, look at the runaway cost of college education in this country, maybe abroad as well. And a huge piece of it is in how affordable it's become to borrow so much money at a reduced rate that will just be with you potentially for decades after graduation, whether you use that degree or not. So is the market fair? Yes, again, in as much as you have equal access, I would say yes, it is fair. As a buyer or a seller, you're going to play a direct role in continuing to ensure that it be fair. I heard a podcast recently, it was sent to me and it was about this whole question. Actually, the premise of their their particular show was who? Who's to blame? You know, whose fault is this? The unaffordability question, whose fault is it? And literally the question was put to kind of as a theme of the whole show and and an underpinning of the whole show is who's to blame? Who can we blame here? Well, the boogeyman is you. (laughs) 
because you're the market. You and me, we are the market. I mean, how did BlackRock buy so many homes? You sold them to them. They did not take them. You sold them because they outbid your neighbor. They came in with the highest cash, quickest close of escrow. You sold it to them. They didn't take it. I don't like them, but they didn't do anything wrong per se, at least in the acquisition of so many single family homes across the country. So then the question is, well, how did prices skyrocket to a point where the affordability index has never been at this threshold? It's never been more unaffordable since he started measuring 40, 50 years ago. Well, you asked for higher prices as a seller and you as a buyer were willing to pay them. So again, it is a fair market. You the buyer, you the seller. You are the market. I am the market. Sounds like a rock song. I am the market. Well, what can be done about it? Well, the interest rates, what the feds are doing. I was talking to a friend of mine today who's a banker, a private banker. They only loan their own money. And I said as a bit of a joke, like, you've got to just click your heels together every time the fed makes an announcement. Because... With the Fed increasing, so does the threshold of profit margin uh, interest rate on top of that for private hard money lenders and banks, all banks. And this particular person said, well, you know, I never want to be over a certain number, a certain percentage. And that's private. It's irrelevant what they said. But the idea is that they want to be competitive and they want to be fair within the context of the market. She could have just as easily said, I'm going to go for whatever I can get, 12 11%. There's been days in our history where we've paid that. But she herself is saying, I can do something about this. I'm not going to run away with the highest somebody's willing to pay. I want to look forward to a long relationship. And they're kind of ebbing that interest rate back lower than what they could get. So I want you to enjoy financial independence. I want you to enjoy abundance and security and peace of mind. But I still want you to get into the market, even though it's unaffordable, using air quotes you can't see. I hope it was inflection. The inflection in the voice was enough to tell you that I'm saying, even though it's unaffordable, homes are sold every day. Homes are bought every day. Investors are making investments every single day. I've been helping people from seven figures down to five figures investing their money, just not primary residence, but investment properties. You can do this. You can do it, even though it may look like it's never been more affordable and maybe you missed your window. And if you're waiting for the next window, by the time you're aware of it, it's too late. Not too late, but you've missed it again. You don't wait for that window. You make your window. You grab a pry bar. You grab a crowbar. Or as my great-grandpa called it and my dad taught me, you grab a persuader and you open the window with leverage. I'm not actually, can I just put a pin in that for a second and say I'm not advocating breaking and entering. I'm talking about breaking into the market. I'm talking about opening a window of opportunity for yourself with leverage. Even though it seems as though it's never been more unaffordable, unattainable. The American dream is slipping through our fingers. We hear this. We hear on the world stage, Klaus Schwab and others suggesting by 2030, you own nothing and you'll be happy. No, not on my watch. Absolutely not. I want you to own what you wish to own at minimum four homes. And if you would like to apply the four home formula to your life and play the game to win, I have a guide for you. It's absolutely free. All you have to do is text me 
the words millionaire maker at 907-299-7653. Millionaire maker text at 907-299-7653. I'll email you a PDF of this practical guide, six steps to your first four homes. It is a practical guide. It's free. It's actionable. And you can get started today. I don't care how old you are, how young you are how much in debt you are, how little money, capital you have available to you. It's irrelevant. Text Millionaire Maker at 907-299-7653. Say love is more precious than gold It can be bought and it can't be sold Listening to the Backyard Millionaire, how to create wealth where you are with what you've got. Pretty excited about the, I've told you this before, but I'll say it again. I am so excited about the Schoolyard Millionaire. And this is going to be aimed, this book is going to be out by Thanksgiving of this year, 2023. And it's aimed towards young people. And it's everything I want my grandkids to know and their kids and their grandkids, my great, 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 anything I want them to know about health, wealth, and prosperity. And I think, essentially, if you break that down, Buckminster Fuller said it best, that the difference between wealth and prosperity is wealth is the income you have that you work for, and prosperity is the amount of income and wealth you have going forward without working for it. It's the ultimate in passive income formula. A friend of mine is reading a biography on Buckminster Fuller. He checked out from the library, and I, I refuse to do that, not because I... It's nothing against, I love libraries, but once I, once I have a book in my hands, I don't want to ever let it go. The exception is I gave a book to a friend recently, going through a rough time, and this particular book, it was a one-off, it was a first edition, and it was actually inscribed by the author, and it's a book that gave me great comfort in a very difficult time of life, and I just gave it to this person, and it felt so good, because at first it was going to be alone, and then I said, no. No, this is a gift. This is for you. This book had done for me what I wanted and needed for it to do. I find just a lot of refuge in books. 
I'm thinking about starting a book club. I don't want to just do it to do it, but I would love to do something like that. If you're interested, um, stay tuned because Tiffany and I are talking about it. She's traveling at the moment, but we're talking about how to how to go about doing that in a meaningful, in a you know, in a in, a, in an important way that would be useful to you, not just oh, you should go get this book. Like recently, I've been prescribing for anybody who's interested in in debating or learning to discuss and have discourse, discuss hot topics difficult topics with friends or family, you must read Dale Carnegie's, no relation to Andrew, Dale Carnegie in his How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's, it should be on every bookshelf in every home in America. I truly believe that. But, but I'd like to do something maybe as a side project where we get together, you and I get together and discuss books. Like, what are you reading? I'm curious because we have so much in common that, you know, I'd like to know more about what you're reading, but we just often don't have time here to talk about that. So that'll be sort of a side project that we'll be putting together, and I'll keep you apprised of that. I want to talk about what I love most about this country, which I've already told you is the opportunity to fail. Give me a chance to explain that, plus the antidote to fear. And I want to read just a quick little portion, a snippet or two out of The Millionaire Maker, which, by the way, I'm still offering to you absolutely free all you have to do is text message at 299-7653-907-299-7653. Text the words Millionaire Maker. You're listening to The Backyard Millionaire. You can hear the show at our website, ilovehomeralaska.com forward slash podcasts. Usually the same or the next day of the live broadcast. Again, it's always going to be a live radio show. I hope you enjoy that as much as I do. Uh, But the podcast will be available at ilovehomeralaska.com forward slash podcast. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Backyard Millionaire, how to create wealth where you are with what you've got. Time now for your word. What a word. I love words. I collect words in my mind. Here's the funny thing. If I hear a really cool word, I will hang on to that word, but not, uh, I can't spell it. So there, there are times that when I'm writing uh, a manuscript and I'll hand it off to Tiffany, she's my first reader and she'll, she'll correct my, my word. You know, I am kind of mastering there, 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 but, but I still will slip once in a while. And then I'll then still even something might slip through Tiffany's net and then it goes on and gets caught at my editor's desk and then she'll swap out the word and I'll be like, oh, I thought I was using that correctly, but I've heard a word and will love using the word. And so that's why I love sharing words here with you on What a Word, brought to you by my book, The Backyard Millionaire, available at ilovehomeralaska.com forward slash books. I highly recommend two things, getting the hardcover copy because I make more money on it I'm just kidding. <laughs> I do, but I, I love the hardbound copy because it will last for a long, long time. And I want this to stick around in your house for a long time and to be handed down to through the generations. So that's a that's a weird quirk of mine, but I really mean that. And then get the audio version because Michael Dukes as a narrator is a genius. He's He did such a genius job narrating the book. I will listen to it. I was painting one of our properties here about a week, two weeks ago, and I'm listening to my own book, which sounds arrogant. It's like when Barack Hussein Obama gave his speeches on an iPod to the queen. Remember when he met the queen 
<laughs> for the first time in his presidency in 08 or 09, whatever. And uh, first thing he did is hand her a gift, which was an iPod loaded with his own speeches. That's what I just said. It sounds like that, right? But it's not true because Michael Dukes is such a gifted storyteller. It was a new story to me. So go get that book right now at ilovehomerlaskett.com forward slash books or wherever books are sold from Waterstones to Amazon to Barnes & Noble, etc. So here's your word. Dumerative. Du du no, I'm, I'm screwing it up. It's such a unique word. Du duumvirate. That's it. Duumvirate. You try to spell it. You try to do it. D U U M V. I-R-A-T-E. Duumvirate. Duumvirate. Okay. It's a coalition of two people having joint authority or influence. Duumvirate. It is a Latin 17th century word. It's a noun. Duumvirate. So let's use that in a sentence, shall we? If I can. I couldn't even say the word. Now I'm going to use it in a sentence. Let's see. When Chris and Michael set their minds to government spending solutions, they, came, they became a duumvirate of thrift and economy like the world had never seen. I'm 15 for a moment Caught in between 10 and 20 And I'm just dreaming Counting the ways to where you are I'm 22 for a moment And she feels better than ever You're listening to The Backyard Millionaire. I'm Christopher Story, your host for Great Adventures in Real Estate. I want to share with you what I love about this country of America. America, our country, your country. And again, I've already spoiled this by telling you I love the opportunity to fail. See, you've got an opportunity to make it big in the United States of America, which is why they load up onto the rafts. It's why they swim the rivers and, and will take the coyotes word that they're going to bring them here unassaulted, which they don't. It's why so many people are getting injured and hurt to get here. It's the opportunity to make it big or fall flat on your face. You get to get back up and try again. You don't have to be born into the right family. There is no class system. There is no caste system here. You do not need to become a subject to anybody. You're free to fail right here in America, where you are with what you've got. And when you do fail, you have the freedom to come back. You have the freedom of second, third, fourth, fifth, a hundred chances. We agreed at our founding on making a more perfect union. And as such, you've seen some major changes in this country, especially late. They seem to be quickening. Of late, these changes happen faster and faster. But there's one change. There's one change you should never be okay with, ever. And that is the chance to fail. We should never let go of our chance to fail because with it comes a chance to soar and exceed all expectations.
with liberty and justice for all. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America to the republic for which it stands one nation under God indivisible with Pledge of allegiance to the flag as a pledge to the ideals of our forefathers. The men who fought and died in the building of this great nation. It's a pledge to fulfill our duties and obligations as citizens of the United States and to uphold the principles of our Constitution. And last but not least, it's a pledge to maintain the four great freedoms cherished by all Americans. Freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom from want, and freedom from fear. Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America To the republic for which it stands One nation under God Indivisible with You're listening to The Backyard Millionaire, celebrating America, celebrating freedom, celebrating you and the right to achieve your own dreams right here, where you are with what you've got. You really can become a backyard millionaire. And as we discussed earlier, I want you to be rich in the way you want to be rich. That could be one home or it could be four. The four home formula exists simply to help you achieve that dream of wealth and independence and financial freedom if you want it. If your version of rich doesn't include monetary wealth, I would advise you to go back and look at your list and make sure that you can support your health, your adventure, your travel, your generosity, whatever it is you're looking for, and include money in the list, not because money will become your master, but because it will do at your beckoning what you wish to do. There are people that are feeding the hungry. There are people that are clothing the naked and the afraid. There are people that are um, simply providing affordable housing through their wealth. Opportunities, jobs, paying taxes, which go into funnel the, into the social programs that you may cherish. And so the more that you've got, the more impact you're going to be able to have in this world. The four, the four home formula requires that you only control at least four homes in your own backyard. This will allow you to retire with an passive income. That's the prosperity the Buckminster Fuller taught. Passive income going forward and ample net worth. Now, what do you do with that net worth? So you've got your four homes. I'm not suggesting you go out and tap into that equity and squander it. But if you do decide to tap into that equity and acquire another property, bravo, that's brilliant and you manage this leveraged wealth, you manage this leveraged effort towards wealth responsibly. John Stuart Mill said, landlords grow rich in their sleep. 
Well, what does rich mean? Again, peace of mind is a big part of it. Some people have said to me, I don't want anything to do with toilets. But I presume they don't have an aversion to using one. They just don't want to own more than one or two or three or four, whatever they've got in their home. They don't want to, they don't want to be responsible for the usage of us, other people's toilets. I love toilets because it's prosperity. Every toilet you own, the more toilets you own, the more prosperity you have going forward. John D. Rockefeller, no angel himself, said, the major fortunes in America have been made in land. Robert Barron, he might have been, but that, those are wise words. The major fortunes in America have been made in land. It looks like we've got a bunch of people taking me up on the, the millionaire maker secrets from the backyard millionaire, six practical steps to your first four homes, step-by-step guide to becoming a backyard millionaire. It's a 35-page memorandum. I call it a manifesto because it just sounds dangerous. I've got a manifesto. I'll transmit, transmitting the manifesto to you if you'll text message 907-299-7653. 907-299-7653. There used to be a uh, Russian flight attendant on a small commuter plane. She was from Russia, and it was the most amazing rendition of a pre-flight speech you've ever heard. I... I couldn't take my, I could, it was one of those things where if you were listening to something or otherwise detained mentally or otherwise, you would stop what you were doing and listen. These old communication devices should be terminated at this time. <laughs> it was just so like, it's like, where am I? <laughs> it was amazing. I loved it. I want to send you this millionaire maker. And one of the greatest compliments I've ever received about either the millionaire maker but also my book the backyard millionaire was gee chris i thought it was just going to be about making money but it's really about making a life and that is so true we've got mastering negotiations how to buy and hold and manage your property learning the market how do you learn your market how to get pre-qualified and how to assemble your tribe, and more in our Millionaire Maker. Well, that's it. It's all the time we've got for all of us here at The Backyard Millionaire. I'm Chris Story, reminding you that you really can make a million bucks in your own backyard.